The Dode Fox Podcast. Welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast with myself, Paul McNichol, and that guy, Ronnie Costello. Last week it was all about marriage proposals, love for Ian Harks, taps off, shag pile rugs, photo bombing, mustard, macaroni, podcast pints, the usual false facts, and a lot more. We're on all podcast platforms and we can't thank you enough for the support every week. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram as well. We are at Dode Fox Podcast. Coming up on this week's episode, special guests 6-0, 13-7 for Sir Lawrence. The kids and us middle-aged men have a hero. High tempo, out the traps, lemon and lime ruffles, pints of chips, the academy, race nights, the Jim McLean statue fund... And who else shot themselves when they seen the team before kickoff? It's all coming up in episode 14 of the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Andy McLaren. Welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. So, Paul, here we are back for episode number 14. I thought all the focus would have been on a nice and easy day at the office, a 6 0 win. How did it go for you? It was uh, an absolute scoosh. <laughs> From from the get-go, quite literally. Quite literally. I'll tell you what, I know when we were coming up and we were looking, we still amazed that we get this far to episode number 14 and we Mm. thought, you know what, despite what it's been like, cracker of a guest lined up, everything will be good. And then we get overshadowed by a 6-0 win. Yeah, but that's fine. (laughs) Keep overshadowing us, boys. It was awesome. It was awesome. But our guest this week is none other the not Siggy Johnson. How are you, sir? Hello. Um, I can't do an Icelandic accent. I, I kind of thought all week was I going to get offered voice distortion software, Icelandic <laughs> accent, but no. You can call me Stuart, um, but I am not Siggy Johnson, despite the... I think I've had two two messages, both in fairly quick succession, which made me think it was one person taking the mic, but I had two people... Uh, get in touch a few months ago saying, oh, it's, it's really nice that a former player has such a keen interest in, in the club. It's such a well-written a, blog in English. Exactly. Well, he's an educated guy. He's <laughs> handsome and, and, and educated. So, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm delighted to be here, to finally be on here. I met Paul for the first time a couple of weeks ago and we talked about it then and yeah, more than happy to to come in and people for for people to hear me as well as obviously read, yeah. read my blog as well. So Yeah, so before we get into the, the latest blog, which obviously goes out on a, a Sunday, we're obviously recording this after it has been out, uh, take us back to the early memories of Tangerine and Black. How did it all start? Who led you this way? How did it, how did it come um, about? <clears throat> well, I'm kind of late 30s now, unfortunately. Um, hey, it happens to us all. At least two of us are on the correct side of 40. Yeah. I'm, I'm just adding that. A couple of bricks. <laughs> it just... True. Anyway. Um, but I had a strange football upbringing. I've always been obsessed with football and, and it's been a huge part of my life ever since I could I could remember. But um, we I was born in Glasgow and we moved here when I was four. And between about four and ten... I never went to any games. I'd never gone to any game. Um, but I would go out every night and kick a ball about. We lived on a kind of cul-de-sac street with a, there was student flats at one end and there was a, a wee car park and there was an electricity box and it was, that was the goal every night. And then Subutio, um, and every weekend I used to get up every early, every weekend mega early, not to watch live and kicking or anything. It was Transworld Sport in the hope that they had one thing about football because it was the most bizarre programme ever. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was Football Italia and that was me. Um, but I never went to any games. We went away a lot of the weekend for... My dad was a kind of outdoorsy person, so he was always insisting we were walking up hills or going to play golf or going and seeing my, my grandparents. Um, 
And so I loved football, but didn't really have a team as such. And then at 10, um, I went to Hillside Primary and, and they came around in 93 and said, do you want to be a, a ball boy for a Dundee Derby? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Um, so that was my first game. Don't remember anything about the match. We won 1-0, but um, it, it, that was my first ever time I'd, I'd even, even been in a football stadium. Um, I was underwhelmed at the start because we went and the guy took us down to the old gym in Tanadice and I thought, this is, well, this is like a primary school gym. It doesn't really, mm-hmm. I wasn't overwhelmed. I thought I would be. Um, but then when we went out, um, that was it. And I don't remember anything about the game because I, I at the time was quite an anxious wee boy and I was very small. And the guy said that your job is to stop it going in there. And he pointed to the building site because the East Stand was getting built at the time. Yeah. And that just became my focus for the 90 <clears throat> minutes was I was just frozen on the spot, worried that I wasn't going to get over the advertising boards if it had gone in to the building site. I'd convinced myself that I don't know why that like that was the only match ball that they had <laughs> and that if it got lost in the building site there would be you know the match would be called off and mm-hmm. it would be you know local boys stop Stundee Derby <laughs> uh, so I was just convinced that something was going to go wrong so I never watched any of the game and I was just so anxious about about that actually the best help on the day was I think both goalkeepers so Paul Mathers and Alan Main kind of noticed me kind of yeah he was uh, noticed me frozen to the spot and both came over and kind of you're right and, yeah. and they were dead friendly and stuff so um but then after that I didn't go to any games and then in the season we were in the first division early doors um a friend and his dad took me to Dens and we won 3-2 and Billy McKinley scored a hat sack and that was yeah. me so I went I think I went home and I said to my dad look I'm just I'm just gonna have to start going now I'm, I'm not going up any hills anymore yeah. or playing off but I'm going to the games mm-hmm. so I used to go most weeks front row the, the, the George Fox stand right on the halfway line excited wee kid and I was thinking about this this morning that I've I think I'm very very lucky that as an impressionable teenager I followed United between 95 and 99 because I think if you look back at that time you know I I got to see the Park Thistle playoff Morton away on the last day which is still one of my my favourite ever away days even though we didn't you know win the league but just that still sticks in my memory and then the season season after I know you know Kirk we've got Emptied fairly early on, but when Tommy McLean came in, we went on this unbelievable run. Yeah. You know, we beat Rangers at Ibrox, we beat Rangers at Tanadice, we beat mm-hmm. Celtic at Tanadice, we got into Europe the season after, Coca-Cola Cup final, which was a, a terrible final. Oh, but, um, and, and amongst all of that was a small cluster of still possibly some of the most iconic, you know, signings that we've ever made. Mm-hmm. Obviously all the Scandinavians, with Pedersen and Olofsson and Zetterland and Jonsson, but then we still had Malpass and we had Billy Dodds and we had Winters, McLaren, McSwegan, and just guys that I, I feel very lucky that as, 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 as a teenager, I had all of that. And, you know, because after that, there was a few years of a pretty grim football, but in that kind of two, three year spell, you know, Scud and Aberdeen 4 0 at Tannadice and, I felt invincible as a United fan, you know, that the the game at at Tanadice when we beat Rangers 1-0 was kind of the night that I just thought, this is it, because that was the first time I was in the East End. Some of the, I think we've touched on it before over the episodes, but the team that Tommy McLean had at times was frightening. I mean, you've, you know, his first signing is Shell Olufsen. You know, I think played as a trialist one week and there was 400 grand signing. It's a £400,000 signing. He brought in Zetterland, Pedersen, Big Seab coming as well. Um, and so you're right, some of the football we were playing was frightening at times. Don't get me wrong, there are bad signings in there. I will point to Jean-Jacques Missy Missy as one of them. 
you're no doubt going to defend him in a Roger Bowley way, I would imagine. No, I think, that, no, no, I can't. That was an innocent time because we, I, that was when you could just sign anybody at any time. And I remember mm. sitting in the car before the game that he, he made his debut. And I think it was against Inverness, possibly in the cup or, but anyway, it was just on the radio. Oh, United have signed this boy and this yeah. is his name. And obviously the name kind of stuck out. And I remember that was something that I always enjoyed growing up as well was that you could go to the game and just sometime this, guy would appear and mm-hmm. he would be your new signing and uh, so again I was very lucky that at a time where we could sign anyone at any time we went on this run of and I still remember going to the spa and, and up behind the Jimmy Shand up in Hill and I, I thought it was the Sporting Post but it might have just been the Tilly and we'd sign this Icelandic you know Sigurd Jonsson thinking oh, he'll be alright as well And mm-hmm. but just the excitement of not knowing and then going and as I said I just felt invincible at the time as a United fan almost as a teenager because we beaten all these big teams and European nights and it was great. It mm. really was. Yeah. Well, I'm obviously, as has been noted, I'm older than you guys. So when I was, when I was young, uh, my formative years watching United, it was, it was just, I took it for granted mm. that we were going to be in Europe and we were going to be in mm. semi-finals and finals because we were. It's, it felt like we were there all the time and we were fighting up the, the top end of the league as well. So what we've went through the last couple of years. Oof. But then I suppose, well, you'll know, you know, you know, you'll know. We, you're young one. You kind of look at him sometimes and think, "Oh, you've had it tough." You know, in comparison, he has had it tough. Yeah. Because um, we said this that Leo's he's got heroes, but he's not had that day. He's not had the day yet. No. Because my he, uh, he, Leo loves the when we won the Iron Brew Cup mm, because yeah. we won a cup. Yeah. Well, there you go. So my uh, my gaffer and his young lad go to the games every game. Although they missed the game yesterday because they're at Oktoberfest. So I told them. Don't come back. Um, <laughs> so they're there. So Lionel will be 15, 16. So his day was Ross County, yeah. but still it's a few years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's near, it's nine years ago. So he's still young. So he, again, is probably the Iron Brew is the cup final that yeah. he's had. Now, don't get me wrong. Tony Andrew, for a beautiful and class he was, you know, it was, it was a great day. It was a great day because I was always going to go. Yeah, me too. But like, the we're celebrating the Andrew Cup like we're on the Scottish yeah. Cup. Mm. That's generally how how we'd kind of fallen at that point. Yeah, well, even to this right to this season, there's still still very very little appetite for that tournament mm. amongst United fans. Like even when we got to the final, I think we shifted three and a half thousand tickets mm. for that. Yeah, we were outnumbered by the Saints that day, but you know we won. And as I say, that's probably Leo's favourite memory. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what would be yours then? What where would you pin a, a favourite game um, or a, a memory? I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm probably similar to you. There's some stages in following United that have been great times. Like I thought the Tom McLean but won nothing, right? Yeah. But we had some great games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, which happened, you I mean, even, dare I say, Jackie McNamara time. Some of the games were just, they're yeah. in the top 10 games I ever watched. Yeah. You know, what would some um, of yours be? I'm a, I'm a sucker for any time you can just lose lose the plot. So even it might not have been, you know, a so last winner. So yeah, I mean, I, I was in, oh, I was in such a huff for 88 minutes as I'm sure everybody was and I didn't even really celebrate the equaliser. But for the winner, it was, you know, glasses. Well, I thought I'd lost my glasses, flung about and there was a couple sitting next to us and they're not normally there and they went there on Saturday so they'd obviously just bought a ticket and she looked at me and she went, oh, someone's happy all of a sudden. I was like, well, yeah, because I was in a huff for <laughs> eight to eight minutes. But so it, games like that and and uh, actually one of my favourite ever games and it was this position that we shouldn't have ever been in but 
beating St Johnston 3-2 at McDermott when we were 2-0 down and then Paul Hartley gets sent off and then for 45 minutes we battered the goal most of us were behind although it, you know, it felt like we had the whole stadium that day mm. um, and I just remember I had a real soft spot for Derek Lilly we used to bunk school and go and watch United train in the mornings when we were in sixth year and um, used to drive up in a wee my pal had one of these wee Fiat Trinity Cento kind of you know the wind could have blown it over tight cars and <laughs> we used to go up to next to where Cine World was and watch United train and Derek Lilly used to just be charging about daft like yeah. he was just ultra professional and really aggressive even in training so I always liked him and for him to score the winner on that day just again for two minutes you just don't even know where you are because mm-hmm. everybody's falling over each other and, yeah. but in little games like Barry Robson scoring a penalty against Inverness, I think, to keep us up. Um, obviously, 2010 sticks out um, because the finals I'd been to before that were Mark Kerr fight. Well, should have been it should have been the Eddie Thompson final. Ended up being the Mark Kerr final. We've you know don't need to speak about that. Um, the Scottish Cup final when we probably could have got more out of it when it was Martin O'Neill's last game and Archibald. I think he, had, he rattled the bar, didn't he, for mm-hmm. about forty yards. Um, and the Coca-Cola Cup final, um, which was just a disaster because I, that was probably the first game where I thought, these are my heroes and they're really not doing it for me today. Yeah. But I think he played Dave Bowman right midfield that day and I think at the time he's not really a winger. Yeah, um, no, they just, but, we just never showed up that day. No, um, the thing is, we've had so many moments, but we've had so many nearly moments, which yeah. is probably harder to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so close. But some teams get no moments. Yeah, See, we've we've at least got a number of memories mm, we can I look agree. back on fondly, and and the one that's just kind of popped up there, the the semi final against Aberdeen at Tynecastle, that that whole experience, we oh, yeah. we turned up really late, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was one of those games. I, I've I'm really like I think I saw you at Dunfermline a few weeks ago, and like you were there quite early. I'm I get really paranoid when I've got an assigned seat and you, <laughs> and you turn up late. There's a reason he was there yeah. early. There's <laughs> uh, a reason he ended up queuing as well and he was but, still there early. You know, Dunfermline do this. There's your assigned seat and then you go in and the stewards are like, oh, just sit anywhere. Yeah. And I, I get really anxious about that. So I'm always yeah. there dead early, but the Aberdeen semi-final, we got there really, really late. And of course you go to your assigned seat with a wee ticket and there's just this sea of bodies. You're like, no. So I think we were just in the stairwell uh, for most of the game. But that night, again, because that was probably the second team that I'd grown to love with Calvinez and Gomez and Bobbin and all that. And mm-hmm. for them to put on that kind of performance uh, in such a big occasion was just amazing. And like Cal- Calvinez is up there for one of my heroes as well. And, and for him to, you know, to do it that night as well was, was great for me. So yeah. those kind of games, mm-hmm. uh, I, I know it's the kind of, you say the McNamara, you know, and hammering people at home and Motherwell away, you know, probably the greatest away performance of the last however many years. Um, but, the games where you can just lose yourself, those are the ones for for me that kind of mm. stick out. And hopefully we've got more to come, and certainly this season, hopefully more to come. Fingers crossed. Yeah. No, it's great to have you with us for this episode. It's going to be fun. Uh, it always does help if we take us back to Saturday. And going on what we felt last week, mm-hmm. like you just said, you know, the, the 88th minute and then the 93rd minute, and the nick I was in on the Sunday night when we were recording after the open day and everything that happened, my throat's killing me and it was just get through it. And I listened back to the episode this week, which I don't do, by the way, a lot. Um, I usually go to check things or if someone's tweeted or something, I'll go and check it. And I went back to it and I went, you know what? It's one, it is definitely one of those moments that we haven't won the league, but it's that you might just look back and go. Yeah, it felt bigger than just huge, a winning goal against huge. our bro. So fast forward on, right? 
to yesterday mm-hmm. at half past two when the team line arrived Eventually. on Twitter. Yeah. Thoughts? I had a look at that team <laughs> and uh, I weighed up and I thought we're going to win six and a hundred day. <laughs> <laughs> you liar. How did you feel? Uh, well, the, the thing Bear in mind the graphic showed three at the back as well. I, and yeah. they were late as well because I think everybody was kind of building up and building up and yeah. I was in the town at, at this point and I, I didn't really have a have a signal and I was enjoying my pint of chips. I'm sure we'll mention that later. <laughs> but, you, that um, well. but uh so I was kind of relaxed and then it came through and then I stupidly looked at, you know, the comments on Twitter and I thought, well, this is going to be carnage today, mm-hmm. potentially. This could be one of those defining games mm-hmm. where we look back and go, remember when Nielsen did that? And he's no longer with us, kind of thing, <laughs> you know? And, and so, yeah, I, I was I was a bit panicky. I was happy to see guys like Sporley at a chance, but I was a bit panicky. The thing was, it, it came out and it was a delay. I think, I don't know if it was the schedule or the, it didn't send or whatever. So, so it did... So I got the team sheet rather early and looked at it and going with the rumours people had said and we'd heard on a Friday night Jim Robson's done his uncle in yeah. um, Liam Smith's going to play left back and we're kind of like <laughs> but that, that was my main concern I thought why are we mm. why are we doing that because I just assumed when we heard about Robson yeah. I thought well spoiler that's why we signed mm. him that's that's like for like mm. so when we brought Watson in and pushed Liam Smith over a, a position that I just assumed he was mm. going to be uncomfortable in that was my main concern I, I think one of the things that comes that comes from it is the team line comes out. Now, I've, I just had the team sheet, so I just had the numbers, and I was scribbling down how I thought, knowing what we'd been told, don't know if it's true or not, type thing. And then I see the, I see the graphic, and it's got three at the back. And in one instance, I'm thinking, Robbie Nielsen's not told the media team this. The media team have maybe just guessed, which mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with, by the way, because why would you give your information away? I just wonder... If Morton and David Hopkin looked at that and just thought, you know, when you change, this is, we're not expecting this. They're mm-hmm. expecting us mm-hmm. to play, you know, four, four, two, three, one. Maybe they then change something. I don't know because I looked at it in the three, five, two or whatever it was and went, well, that could work. But when, when would we ever played the three at the back? No, I know. I know. So the game started. See, within a minute, I was quite happy. <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Some start, wasn't it? It was brilliant. It was two up in four and a half minutes or yeah. something. And like a, a lot of people have said, and I kind of agree with it, that Morton were a shambles, an absolute shambles. But I reckon that's partly because they were two down, rapid. I mean, that's yeah. going to throw your game plan right out the window, mm. is it? I think they did this thing where, like last week against Starbroth, they were defensive, but so structured with it and I think what Morton were trying to do was be defensive but also try and still be aggressive so there were times where I think their left side of midfielder I think Seagreast had the ball and he charged Seagreast down and then charged Brown down and then Reynolds and I'm thinking Morton are just leaving themselves so exposed because they were just dragging themselves all Mm -hmm. over the park trying to get the ball back but then you know they had two elderly gentlemen in the middle of the park who just couldn't keep up with Butcher and Harks Mm -hmm. and they just you know, they self-destructed and, and for the first time in a long time, although we've had a couple of instances this season, you know, we took real advantage of it and that was just so satisfying to see yeah. that we actually thought, you know what, we're just going to take you apart here with yeah. no, no mercy. And again, even in the second half, a few of us around where we sit were like, oh, I hope Nielsen doesn't go in and go, right, okay, let's just see the game out. Mm-hmm. We actually didn't. We still pushed and still pushed and that yeah. was great to see as well I think it was brilliant it was brilliant it was unusual f- uh, for a David Hopkin team to look so yeah. disorganised well, I thought well given his success at Livingston yeah he um, you know 
my, my pal that I went for lunch with as a, as a Morton fan and, and him and his dad were there and, and he texted me at half time saying that some of the Morton fans were given Hopkin a bit of abuse and, and Hopkin had basically invited some of them down to either have a fight or, or take over. I wouldn't have fight you know, David Hopkin. No. I'll fight um, Matt Reynolds, I'm no fighting David so Hopkin. So Hopkin will be absolutely devastated because, yeah, his teams were, and for all their faults, I actually admired this Livingston team because they just took no prisoners and mm-hmm. it was ball after, you know. Aggressive. Oh, it was, they, yeah. were, they were hard, they were really hard to break down. Yeah. And they won a lot more games than they, they got credit yeah. for a lot of the time. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I mean, Morton's a strange club in the sense that there's always been a bit of a kind of what's going on behind the scenes. And I think it was a great appointment that they made, but I don't know what the culture's like at the club. And certainly they looked a, a shadow of the team that even our growth were. And, um, you know, I really, they still beat Dundee, of course, but that's a given. I don't know what. To expect them for the rest of the season because that was it was dreadful but we we took advantage of it mm. I well, thought when um, McMullen put the cross in for the first goal and their boy fresh aired it mm-hmm. and it landed right at Shankland did one of our boys know fresh air it as well though or did I, somebody dummy it was it Spurla? well Pollock, Pollock was Pollock. in a well no Pollock was in a whole first half of dummies but it was Spurla that was going for it right okay because um, Pollock was on the edge of the box uh, and when it landed right at Shankland and it went 1-0 and I'm obviously panicking now trying to find the goal music which is not even ready <laughs> and I thought well, it's a fair start but then within five minutes we're 2 nil ahead yeah. and I said I texted you this yesterday last night I watched the goals when they went up in Arab Zone Shankland's movement for mm-hmm. the second goal yeah. is different level yeah. he knows where to be he knows how to get there but he also knows how it delays run Give a decoy run. Gives a faint. His faint is unreal and yeah. then goes in front of the defender. Absolute criminal defending, mm-hmm. but superb striker play. I think, yeah. five minutes well, I think you, you tweeted out last night and I've always kind of thought, right, what word is it? And then you use the word automatic. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what he has. It's that automatic. I just know what I'm doing when I'm doing it. Um, uh, again, going back to the to, to the late nineties, I thought Billy Dodds had a bit of that in his first spell with us. Um, that kind of not everything I'm going to hit, I know roughly where it's going, mm. but also I know where to be. I know how to get in between the lines. I know when to faint. I know when to use my left, my right. Um, yeah. And Shankland's got that, as you say, it's that automatic instinct. And I was a huge. I know last night there was a lot of people comparing Safranco to Shankland. They're to, two totally different types of players. Yeah. Um, Safranco so had to work so hard for everything mm-hmm. because he wasn't naturally kind of as he didn't have that automatic instinct. Um, but Shanklin makes it look so easy, you know, almost doesn't have to break a sweat at times, just a wee yeah. faint, a wee skip over here, and it's then always in the right yeah. place. Mm-hmm. And do you ever think he's going to miss when he's got the bat his feet in front of goal? No, well, we said we said last week that his first goal last week, Shafranco hits the keeper, yeah, that's probably what happens, and that's no disservice to Shafranco because. Out of the signings that Laszlo brought in, again, and I remember it happened on the Friday, he signed him, we're all going, who's he? And he goes to Dumfries and scores. Yeah. And you went, oh, it's a bit about him. Mm-hmm. And over the season, you actually went, he is a good player. You know, he has got a lot to offer, but they are very different. The The big thing is, Shanklin's currently on the same goals as him, and it's not even October. Yeah. That's frightening. Yeah. And this is not, it's the same league, Right. Dundee have come down and he scored against them. He scored against Inverness. He scored against Partick. He scored against all the teams. Mm-hmm. He's he just he is a different player. But the the stats right now are absolutely frightening. And someone put a projection like you can end on like fifty yeah. odd goals or whatever, right? And I know we are speaking about the um, the game and stuff. 
But is Shankland for Scotland unrealistic? And I know it can sound ridiculous. How can he be unrealistic when we played Ollie McBurney up front, who yesterday was hopeless again? What 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 have, what have Scotland got to lose when they play Russia? I'll give you that. But then they play San Marino, Cyprus and Kazakhstan. What's there to lose as a, as a Scotsman? Uh, I, I'd be surprised if he, get, if he gets a call-up. Same. I'd be surprised. Uh, what is there to lose? Probably nothing, to be honest with you. But I would be surprised. Yeah. I, I wrote a thing a couple of weeks ago um, about the kind of Scotland setup, and I've always been an advocate of I just think as a, as a fairly small nation, we just need to we need to trust in our younger talent a bit more, and we need to trust in our uh, domestic players a bit more. And you're right, with nothing to lose, that there are some guys out there like Shankland who I think fully deserve maybe an opportunity at some point, even just to be in around the squad. I think the same about like Hulk at Hearts. I know he got injured yesterday and um, like Gallagher at Motherwell. Like, why not? You know, I'd rather give Shankland an opportunity than in six months' time for somebody to find out through, you know, my ancestry.co.uk that, you know, some League Two player in England's got a relative that and he can play. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather someone who knows the leagues, knows the players, get a chance. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, why not? I don't think it'll happen. But Just going back to the game, we'll, we'll get back to the rest of the game. Let's just touch on Shanklin's third goal. When you're in forum, when you need luck, something's to be on your side, and when you are doing well, it tends to go for you. He picks the ball up just inside his own half, mm-hmm. keeps going, keeps going. Cuts inside the boy, lets a hit off the goalkeeper to complete his hat trick. It was the worst piece of defending I've seen all day, though. <laughs> like, at the time, I wondered how it, how it happened. And when I've watched it back on Arab Zone, it's horrendous. The boy just opens the door and lets him in. <laughs> it's just a shocking defending. But you know what? He's put, again, he's put himself in that position. He's mm. took a shot, he's hit the target. But there are, I mean, there's three or four of his goals. You know, Partick Thistle away. Dunferman Keeper should save Dunferman But again it's that kind of the Billy Dodds thing Or just those strikers That even the half chances Become mm-hmm. real chances Become goals Yeah The man's phenomenal uh, Other than Shanklin yesterday Being superb Paul McMullen Definitely deserves praise He was brilliant I thought he was outstanding yeah. I thought his goal From the Liam Smith interception By the way who doesn't have the smallest feet at Tannadice, by the way. That has been confirmed. That has Adam been confirmed. King, yeah. Six and a half. Um, so you don't have to look at... That's how he doesn't get a game. His feet are too wee. His feet are too wee. Liam Smith intercepts the pass. And I didn't see Paul McMullen. The only person I saw was Shankland, because I, I can't remember how. The next thing I know, the goalkeeper stops coming. Yeah. yeah. Again, just they, opens up again they... They opened the door for us. Come on. It was, they could have, they could have avoided so the, many the, of the goals the that we got. The best thing about it right now, though, is we look clinical at times. Yeah. Because when was the last time you said that? Mm-hmm. And the chance he, I mean, he takes his chance really well, giving his assists as well. I thought my mum was outstanding yesterday. Mm. Definitely up there with one, especially when he knocked my guy in slow motion in front of me. That was class. It was, yeah. You could see it coming a, yeah. mi- a mile away. Yeah. The guy's legs weren't even that far apart. It was frightening. <laughs> I thought he was, I thought it was definitely one of his best games yesterday. I thought he put in some great balls, but we saw last week, right? He gets dropped last week for whatever reason. Probably comes on going, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know, picks the ball up really deep, remember? Mm-hmm. Picked the ball up, ran, tried it. Maybe his first couple of things didn't come off, but yesterday. Back to the Paul McMullen I want to see. Taking mm-hmm. boys on, being direct. Guys really 
no want to be against them because he can go inside, he can go outside. Where do you want to be? And the end product again yeah, it's is here. there. But it's then here. look at his two finishes. You know, two goals for him as well. Yeah. Eight assists now for the season, which is the same as the last two seasons combined. Yeah. Frightening yeah. for him. And I, th- I think it was fairly common knowledge that under under Laszlo, he was out the door and, and Laszlo had a real axe to grind with him. Um, so, you know, credit has to go to Nielsen and his staff for getting him back on track and his mm-hmm. confidence. And yeah, this season, the big difference has been the, the end product because last year, he always did this kind of frustrating half cross, but it was not really a cross. It wasn't really a, a pass and it didn't really ever find anyone. But this year, maybe just because he's got, he's confident that someone's going to get on the end of it. Yeah. He's kind of putting a wee bit more on his crossing and, uh, and it's worked. So, you know, we need, we need someone like him. I, I think the only disappointment that I had in the summer was that we didn't go and sign somebody who replicated that on the other, on the other side of the pitch. I think we needed another unpredictable, mm-hmm. you know, slightly short kind of trickster. And we didn't maybe get that in the summer. We have a lot of good left-sided midfielders and potential there, but I I thought we needed another Paul McMullen. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he's going to be key, especially in games like yesterday, um, Arbroath, um, next Friday night. Well, it's interesting that we struggled so much against Arbroath and he wasn't on the park for the majority of it. And then he set up the first goal. Did did you listen to his interview on Arabs and after the game? He was fairly humble. He says, I just kicked the ball in the box and... Lawrence just kicks it in the goal. Yeah, <laughs> basically easy work. Paraphrasing. Easy work. Yeah, easy work. Uh, Chris McIntosh got uh, starstruck this morning. Tesco's when he seen him, and he said he give a he give a little well played yesterday and gave him a thumbs up. And yeah, Shankland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Markers, what you like? Yeah, Markers. He got a wee bit starstruck. Everyone's just walking around with heart shaped emojis for their eyes. That's yeah. what's happening right now. Um, but I thought yesterday, like you said. Stuart as well second half kept going kept going yeah. and ruthless at times mm-hmm. it's kind of yeah. what we had to be and I thought I thought Louis being rested based on last week I think was possible for me was the right decision yeah Sam Stanton again because Big Troyes will come back in because that's what we call him Big Troyes um, is excellent you know it gave us a balance of get Butcher in and I thought Butcher and Harks were immense yesterday at mm. times Butcher again, the, even when he lost the ball, yeah, he the, the, worked was, hard, won it back. was that one incident, yeah. yeah. Right around about the middle of the pitch, he lost yeah, it. And it was like he thought, oh, we'll get this ball back. Yeah, played right well. The t- Harks was really good. Some really good touches, really intelligent play. You know, and again, Adrian Spurla, he's got a different man at yeah, times. And I'm, I'm really pleased for him because um, I was at Tyne Castle and it was a... It was a difficult it night. It was a difficult him. night for him. And I, and, to give credit to Hearts, I think they noticed that fairly quickly and they actually started Every single Ike ball. Yeah. and Ann yeah. Walker. Um, and, you know, he's, it, it was an odd sign in, you know, flying him halfway around the world. Um, it's, it's going to take time. I noticed that his partner was over for a wee while and, yes. um, he's obviously getting a bit more game time and he looks pretty pleased in the kind of photographs now, the celebrations mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of hoping that he's, he's feeling a bit, more, more integrated relaxed. into the group. Um, he's still got winter to come. I don't know <laughs> how he might cope, but uh, no, I was really pleased for him, and I, I think yesterday showed that he is more of a wing back slash midfielder rather than a natural defender. And there was mm-hmm. one or two moments yesterday he did like a wee pirouette in the middle of the park and kind of took a couple of them out. And yeah. um, you know, he maybe still 
on a couple of occasions held on to the ball but I think he was just trying to do things and make things happen it's but just the point it was way to make because um, one man who hasn't we haven't mentioned today was Peter Pollock who also I thought was really good yesterday but in the, those times the run he made for Spurlock was brilliant yeah. and he just never quite got there but I thought Pollock Pollock was brilliant yesterday in yeah. behind just behind alongside Shantley he was every place the wee flicks the dummies it was the Paula of old. Yeah, and it looked like he enjoyed playing with Sporla because he, Sporla positionally, if you watch him, he drags himself inside quite a lot and he's mm. kind of wanders about a little bit. And I think Paula enjoyed that and he obviously knew he was playing with somebody who had similar ability and they could do little overlaps and nutmegs and things like that. So he looked like he enjoyed himself and he he desperately needed that because I think one accusation against Paula is that when things aren't going well, he does he can become a passenger and he still looks like he's very tired all the time, you know, after about an hour. Um, and so he needed something like that just to, to kind of lift himself. You notice he's cutting his socks. Yes. Putting holes in the back of his yeah. socks. I yeah. don't, I don't approve of that nonsense. Yeah. Just to open your calf up a little bit. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. No idea. I thought no, it was I a fashion statement, but I was corrected by the, one of the kit men that it is not, it is more a pain in the arse yeah, than anything. Say, yeah. I was doing <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Um, from back to front then, Benji, not much to do yesterday, pretty much a spectator. One save, I think it was. I tell you what, I was impressed yeah. with. When I heard them from where I was, shouting keepers at the edge of his own box. And as soon as he grabbed that, I was pretty settled because he again was one that maybe last season, yeah. Falkirk especially, came out and you went, yeah, there was a, yeah, there was a few crosses yesterday. He dealt with but yesterday perfectly. everything, but that's six foot six. Yeah, I th- should be here uh, speaking as a a guy that is the same height as him. Honestly, people because I, I get it all the time. Well, what's it like being that height? And I'm like, well, it's, I don't know. Think that I'm a giant to be honest with you. I just think I'm a normal person. I didn't realize I'm that big until I'm looking in a mirror standing next to you, Ron, and True. like, Jesus, peeps, he's a midget. True. But, uh, so maybe he just doesn't appreciate how. Mm. very big he is because if a guy that size is coming out for a ball if you're the striker you're probably going to think twice about going for it because he's going to hurt you if he mm-hmm. hits you and if that happens keepers getting the foul every day of the week. Yeah. usually yeah and I think having Alexander there and think with Dennis coming back I think he knows that he, he needs to push himself and yeah. I actually I always think the way he carries himself in interviews and stuff he comes across very professional and he does yeah he, he yesterday I noticed a few times speaking to to Brown in particular and kind of grabbing him and saying, oh, you should have done this and this. Mm-hmm. And so he, he comes across as he's a good pro and he's a talker. And, you know, going back to his first few months here, I'm, it's a pretty big transformation mm-hmm. that, you know, now most United fans wouldn't even well, think he twice. He hadn't played much football, no. to be honest with you. When you look at his, his Wikipedia page and look how many appearances he's made before he got to us, he'd hardly played any football. Yeah. And for a goalkeeper, I'm also still time. amazed that Rakovan started ahead of him, but that's another story. But that was Shabba. Hopeless. Mm. Absolutely hopeless. Who knows what went on in that? He does. Anyway, fullbacks yesterday. Paul Watson at right back, Liam Smith over at left back. I thought Liam Smith, after a couple of off colour games, mm-hmm. to go and be asked to play left back, I thought he was every bit as good as. Yeah. He linked uh, up well with Sporla right as well, yeah. He did, and he could cut in on his right and kind of drive in at the middle a little bit, which, again, for a fullback who was getting a lot of space like he was yesterday, it just made it more comfortable for him. And he could cut in and release the ball to, mm-hmm. to Sporla, and I think they worked well. And um, Paul Watson on the other side of it. Done a job. Yeah. I'm a lover of Paul Watson. He's, he's a, a goal machine, that's why yeah. quite, I've got a real soft spot. Reliable. Yeah, I actually, I've said numerous times on my blog he's not a right back, but the more I think, I'm like, oh. 
I'd probably rather him have him there than at centre back almost because mm-hmm. as a defensive fullback, he does a job and he was left uh, left for dead air last year at home. But that was partly because of the player who, who was no playing in front us. of him. Who yeah. was in front of him. But um, as a defensive, who's the boy that scored for air that night? He was no bad. Know, he a few goals did he? He was alright. Um, but no, I, I agree with you as well. I think you you'll do your job. I think the first maybe twenty minutes, half an hour. Just getting the touch again and yeah. stuff like that. I thought he's booking. It's a bit of a pain in the arse at times. I thought Putin maybe he couldn't be as aggressive well, to win well, the ball. I, I tell you what, the Morton fans again, my, my pal and, and reading on like Pine Bovril this morning, um, there were one or two tangles up that touchline that I noticed, and I yeah. thought oh, it was nothing. But they're they're adamant that it could have been, it could have been potentially him, red. him leaving the, the park. The one when yeah. they were rolling about on the deck, I think they both had a go at each other. Yeah, which yeah. I think if that was seen, the probably both would have went. Yeah, but it looked to me like. Because the boy was trying to get away, it looked to me like Watson was maybe holding him down, and, the boy, and then the boy tried to kick him to get off him, and then Watson kicked him back or something. He, that's exactly what. Pretty well, that's, that's like what it happened. looked like. Yeah, so, but you got like. involved. You just saw the being correct. Um, so Matt Reynolds was in. I thought Matt Reynolds was he done his usual thing. He, he does the odd. Some of his passing's a bit wayward. Just the, yeah. the odd moment like that. I just. You know, they weren't under pressure a lot, I think, but, but getting a shutout, and especially if a big Troizo as well to come in, I thought he looked assured. I mean, I, I wasn't at air, obviously. Paul had mentioned that, that air was maybe tough for him as well, compared mm. a bit night and day compared to what you've seen before. He, yeah, yeah, he was a lot, yeah, he, he was poor down at air, but he was a lot better, a lot mm. better yesterday. But, uh, yeah, big Troizo. I mean, he couldn't have trained much with his teammates. No. He really couldn't have, because no. he signed late on before he yeah. played, and then he played, and then he was way back down south again. Yeah, I mean, I, in, in retrospect, I think it was probably poor from Nielsen throwing him in against mm-hmm. air, I, because he did look a bit uncomfortable and kind of didn't really know what to expect, and because we were poor, it put him under pressure, and I think it was just not a great day for him. Yeah. Um, but yesterday, he, I know he mentioned it in his interview afterwards, he was very... You know, positive about the club and the size of the club, and which is always nice to hear when players come in and say that. But you know, it was, must have been great for him just to be confident. But Re- Reynolds, it's not a United team unless there's one centre half who thinks, and we've had loads of them, whether it's Gunning or Kenneth or whatever, who go, well, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch it here. And this yeah. is going to go right on the strikers yeah. foot from World Cup yards. Pass. Yeah, uh, here we go. Ends yeah. up in a stand. I tell you what, though, he, I think he's, um, I think you do miss Connolly certainly vocally talking because you hear him all the time. But you just maybe never believed in the whole building relationships thing as much yes. as you do see it. You know, the more and more you do see that building, you know, the best centre half pairs, defensive pairs, defensive five, if you want, all play usually a lot. I mean, United's part in the day is, is testament to that. Mm-hmm. And just the change, because I think Reynolds has played now in the last five weeks, he's played McConnelly once, Brown twice, and probably Butcher twice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a lot of chopping and changing yeah. for him. You know, regardless, plus he's the captain, plus he, he they are defensive, and if a defender makes a mistake, it can usually lead to at least a shot on target. Unlike a goalkeeper, if he makes a mistake, usually leads to a goal. Mm-hmm. But to get through it without losing the customary Dundee United goal, which we are so guilty yeah. of, yeah. because even at three nil, I know, I said to my mate, could do our fourth. There was a guy just sitting along for me at the game, actually, and the closer it was getting to full time, like we were six nothing up, and he just kept shouting, clean sheet, Benji, clean sheet, Benji. And I was like, I'm not going to shout that because it's daft, but I totally agree with you. <laughs> totally. Let, let's not concede a daft goal here. Totally, yeah. totally, totally agree with you there. Um, not at home now for a month. 
Mm. Two games away on AstroTurf plus a free week. Um, just when you're really getting good momentum. I mean, bearing in mind we've, we've had 12 goals at home in two games, plus got a last-minute winner last week, uh, and were very, very good in the opening day of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm desperate for us to be at Tanadex right yeah. now, because we're playing so well. Down the hill as well yesterday when we started. Yeah. One thing, and you guys can speak about this a bit more, I think, being in the crowd, even being that up and playing some of the great football, do you not think the vote noise level of the crowd was still a bit... Could this still bite us in the arse from last week? Or I just, you know, I think we go. I mean, especially after goals and right line. I'm just, yeah. I know, you know, the first, like I always, the playoff game last week, and I've mentioned it, and the derby especially. Crowd are on your side, but I remember yeah. the Inverness game in the playoffs last last season. Even announcing the team, you get the reaction, but the songs are starting. Everyone's really on side, and even when we should really be milking it maybe at four and five nil big yeah. songs. It just it just seemed like it was maybe job done or mm. I don't know. I mean like say I you know where I sit totally I just think, away from uh, you guys. I think we are I think we are we've been psychologically conditioned over the last few years to kind of reflect on every game and, and just know that there's a bigger thing that we need to achieve and we've not managed that in the last few years. So I think even when we do win games there's still a wee bit of anxiety that, you know, maybe we go next Friday and it starts to unravel a wee bit. But um this is the season that gives me the most confidence. But as we've seen in, in previous years, I think this the positivity around the club is is amazing. Um but still on match days there's still a wee bit of a bit of this is United and we could lose a goal like we did against Arbroath last week. Yeah. Um and, and it starts to kind of change a wee bit. So I think it'll take a little bit longer for full relaxation mode in terms of if we are 2-0 up, 3-0 up, if in the middle of December, if we're five or six points clear, then I think everybody will start to go, this is, this is I, nice. Because I like that, you know, the club are, they're trying to do real match day things, you know, um, apart from excellent choice of hot dog, but hmm. do things like have the kids out with the flags before the game, you yeah. know, they've got the fancy pedestal thing that the ball yeah. sits on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Ex-players. I thought I thought that was really yeah, good, was actually. Nice, yeah. Now, and I said this, you know, it's from the 60s, so it's way before my time, and I did say that, but mm-hmm. then reading up on them, I was like, oh, that's yeah. pretty good. I thought, great reception. Brilliant. Ray Stewart, really good reception as well. Yeah. So these wee things are good, and I think it's, it's yeah. one of them as well. You know, we put the video package up uh, before it that was on social media this week. Loads of great wee things to be involved yeah. in. You know, and you said, you know, go away from home, you're at, you might be in really early. I think that it would just be good to have that. When I get, it's two o'clock, there's nothing happening. There's good tunes playing, no, I'll tell you that. Allegedly. Um, on occasions. Uh, but just getting that, you know, real feel good. I yeah. know, I know it's only September. I, I do get that, yeah. but that's just for me. I'm just, sometimes I wanted some of the away day up for it. Yeah. Just to, it's hard to replicate that though. Yeah. And not just, not just for United. I mean, if we are, and we're absolutely not moaning at, at, at the lack of atmosphere, but like the fans have went from, when they were shouting towards the pitch, it would probably be shouting at the players, like getting on their backs and whatever. So we've went from that. That's just, that's no happened at all this mm. season. So, okay, we might be a wee bit more muted than we would ideally like to be, but as as we're us three sitting around this table, think it will happen if we continue this forum. Yeah. I mean, the, the numbers are coming, the numbers are up on the attendances, so that's that's a great start. And the atmosphere will follow it, I'm, I'm yeah. almost certain of that. And I think I, what would be interesting, or what will be interesting, is when we do get promoted, is I think the atmosphere next year will 
be much more because every week you'll be right. We have to try and yeah. battle away here, yeah. Because at the moment there is still that thing of well, we're turning up and we really should be beating a team like Arbroath or, or Morton or Alloa at home. Mm-hmm. So I think there's still a bit of like the fans kind of sit and wait for yeah, us to do that. An expectation, you know, yeah. Um, whereas you know, if we're back in the top flight, it's that kind of mentality of that siege mentality of you know the first year back up will be every week is the biggest week ever and we need to really mm-hmm. all come together. I think this former players thing is, is really nice. Uh, we need to go back to putting them inside the mascot though. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that was shell, wasn't it? Yeah. Shell, all of yeah. Uh, so, and I think every week for about a year after I was like, oh, I bet we'll get another one this yeah. week and then it no, never no, happened. No, no. Again. Just get Jimmy Mack. <laughs> yeah, every week. Agent McIntyre did it. Well, they, you made your point because they do listen. We know they do. Um, <laughs> Seven thousand United fans yesterday. You know what I mean. So it's, it's showing. You know, it's not the four and fives that we've, we've seen. So yeah, it's, keep providing on the pitch. People will come and watch. And, and it, if we keep doing that because of the league we're in and because of the prize that's at the end of it. Again, I go back to when we were in the first division when I was going. Um, you kind of that's when kids and kind of young teenagers start to go, oh, this is brilliant and going mm-hmm. every week and getting really yeah, excited. Because you're so, winning. Yeah. And maybe it is then disappointing that we're not at Tanadice for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. Because if we had another home game maybe next week, you know, that would build it even more. But we are away from from home over the next few weeks, I suppose. So we just need to At yeah. least one of them's on T V. Yeah. So the kids can well, that, tune in. That's great for me because we're going away on holiday next Saturday, so um, I'm keeping my record up. I've been able to see every game. So, <laughs> uh, and because there's a, a gap the Saturday after, yeah. I'm not affected, and then yeah. it'll be down to Dumfries the Saturday yeah. after that. Yeah. So, um, just a couple of bits I want to mention uh, that when we we're talking about Shankland, that's now a goal every 46 minutes in the league or something. something yeah, somebody somebody tweeted a stat Mental. that in the f- in the fifth minute yesterday he had scored four goals in the. The last, last 10, 10 minutes, minutes uh, auction. Yeah. Frightening, absolutely frightening. For me, he's the, he's the best, he's the best pure goal scorer since Goody in 2011. And he's probably, he's up there with Brewster and Olofsson in my mm. lifetime. Yeah, absolutely it, super. It's, it's not a purple patch anymore. We're kinda, nobody can throw that accusation no, at him. And I think when we signed him, everyone thought oh, this will be a good signing, but yeah. nobody could have predicted, no. you know, uh, it's, no. it's phenomenal. Well, I was predicting silly things at the start on this podcast. I said, well, I reckon he'll score a goal a game. Hmm. And that was kind of in hope. Cheesy peeps. He's almost due a game. <laughs> oh, it's 13 and 7 yeah, league games. It's, and I, don't, I absolutely do not expect him to keep that rate up. But I mean, if we're going to get 25, 30 goals from him, you absolutely take that. Uh, yesterday at the game, pre match, mm-hmm. we were uh, delivered in a fabulous Tupperware container mm. from the newly engaged Andy Crichton. Big Andy. Tell us what he brought us. He brought us lemon and lime ruffles into the heggy. He smuggled in contraband. And they're good though. And it was unbelievable. <laughs> they were so good. Yeah, but it was an away game so we can't add it to our table. Doesn't go to the league table. No, but Andy, thank you very much for it. I'm sure Lawrence will love them. When yeah. you get married. Yeah, I think there'll be the, the wedding cake. And uh, talking of pre-match food, by the way, pint glass full of chips. Yeah. That is a revelation in the Phoenix, along with their burger. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's been a bad week for me, food-wise. Um, I've, I've lost my appetite completely because obviously there was the mustard on macaroni debacle. Well, I mean, that is a debacle. I mean, this is now your chance to somehow argue that point <laughs> well when I was courting my now wife I, I made her macaroni once and that was in 2014 and I spent a long time researching this recipe and the recipe 
recommended mustard powder. And I thought, well, I'll go for that. And it was delightful. And so I just made the choice any time I got any macaroni-based food after that, that I would maybe add a bit of mustard. Now, it could either come in powder form or in a wee packet. And uh, I had it, obviously, a couple of weeks ago now, and I made it public, which was probably a mistake. <laughs> but then yesterday, you know, I've been fairly regular in the Phoenix for a long time and I just assumed that like the pint of chips is like their thing it's like a wee institution that they've got but again I got a lot of confusing messages on Twitter yesterday just kind of like happens yeah (laughs) Uh, so it's just I'm just going to start eating very inoffensive things now Um, you can just get normal chips in the Phoenix but a a pint and then a pint of chips who said romance is dead when it comes to Mustard with macaroni, Paul. Yeah. Well, it worked. <laughs> what did you have for your dinner last night, by the way? Uh, <laughs> I went home and I had Aldi's finest chilli and cheese hot dogs. You had all four, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I did. I paid yeah. the price this morning, though. Yeah, I'll bet you did. Yeah, I'll bet you did. Uh, right, anyway, let's turn our attention to the blog then. Um, it is something that has been on... How long have you been doing it now? The blog itself's been going since 2014, mm-hmm. um, before I got married and, and, and had a kid and I had a lot of time on my hands. I just thought I would start writing about football. But in 2014, between then and 2016, it was just things that I found on the internet that I thought were quite interesting. So it might have been, you know, where the German football teams get the wee letters and their names from or plastic pitches or football kits. And I'm into like design and, you know, reposting artists that have made you know, images and, mm-hmm. um, but I did every so often write a little report card about how the Scottish Premiership was going or teams. And those were always the ones that got more numbers. Um, but I always thought that the blog was something that I wanted to keep separate from United because, you know, I take going to see United quite seriously. And I felt that if I was going and I get quite sit there quite in, intensely just kind of watching the football and then I was to go home and spend another few hours writing about it, then I don't know how I would kind of cope. But uh, after Laszlo took over, I did my first match report in November of 2017, maybe January 18. Um, and the numbers were quite good and people seemed to engage with it. So I just kind of stuck with it. And, and initially I started doing previews and reviews, but then that just kind of took up a lot of time. So I've kind of cut it down to just reviews. And then once a month I might do something about a squad update or transfers or anything really and then at the moment there's the guy Grant Miller who sent me some images of old United games and I'm really pleased to be able to share those and so you know I I love doing it and I think it's a great time for being relaxed and talking about United Mm -hmm. because um, as we were talking about before we started here um, you know the, the, the mood has lifted so much that if you were to start a podcast or start a blog then it's just all about the football now whereas I think the dark days back in 16, 17, early 18, you know, every blog post was then... There was mentioned an, the chairman. Yeah, there was an undercurrent of, yeah. well, why are you not talking about the finances? Why are you not talking about the chairman? Whereas now it's, yeah, I would not have been able to laugh about a pint of chips in 2017. Mm, no. uh, I, I think that, that that's the thing. I mean, we've we set out to to have a, and I will put in inverted commas, a serious podcast, but also take lighthearted looks at other bits and bobs as well, because it's just the way, it's certainly the way I am. I mean, me and being serious don't really go hand in hand. So to do to do that, for, for us, I, I would certainly say that 
the growth of the podcast has been more than we could ever, ever imagine. But it's also a really good time for other things that are happening, like the blog, like our podcast, like the guys that have got Instagram pages or Twitter pages that Mm -hmm. share images or just really get involved. And I kind of know the club do like that, that there's a real growth because... Not without us, they don't survive, but without maybe other these bits of people speaking about things, whether it's Tech Towers or it's the other um, forums that are online. Yeah. And, you know, we've all got our group chats and stuff, and we wanted the podcast just to be like the, the group chat or the chat with your mate in the pub or whatever. And I think we've done that with a roundabout way of always taking the mick out of each other somehow. Yeah. But I mean, I, I always, I've always, always, always been very paranoid about the lack of coverage we get as a club but that's just growing up you know you would you know like the St Johnston game I remember the day after asking my dad to go and get all the papers because I thought that's the greatest game I've ever seen in my life you know mm-hmm. winning 3-2 and then he bought all the Sunday papers and I was like oh like where's all the coverage yeah. you know because it was all other clubs shall we say and so now we've got this huge amount of United stuff and it's 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 great as you said like going on Instagram and there's like Breed DUFC and all the other just dead enthusiastic yeah people just making stuff and then mock chop mock chop Arab uh, class you know that is class yeah so it's it's just really fun and and that's a real change to maybe 18 months ago and um, the more bloggers the more podcasts the more Instagrammers the better because it just helps build that kind of Positivity, I, I think so. People are going to have the choice of what they they listen to or they read, and I think we are always we were we were cautious a wee bit in the, the start of how long do you make your podcast, but it's kind of like just as long as a conversation, you know. As people people choose to listen, and obviously it's the same yourself, you know. They'll choose to read if they think after two lines, oh, I'm done. Yeah, that's people's choice, but given it. There's just these wee bits that people can get involved in. And we appreciate every single message we get, every single like we get, retweet. It's so appreciated because it's grown more than we could ever think it would have. I mean, when we first said, I mean, the first thing we said is, if 100 people listen to this, mm-hmm. be absolutely delighted. And it has skyrocketed th- through that. You know, but you'll, you'll be the same as me. There, there are weeks where, so before the summer, I thought about, just I won't do it anymore just because you know I don't know again because I was kind of getting too wrapped up in going to the game and then writing about the Uh, game and then it was actually more the one or two people that maybe would send you a message and go just to let you know I've got got a job but it's in the Philippines and I don't get to any United games and (laughs) actually the 500 words that you write every week or Mm. a thousand words you write every week just when I'm on the train going to work I read it and I think well that's it gives them a connection yeah and uh, so I each week, again, I'm the same as you. I'm overwhelmed. Anyone that takes the time, even just to write a couple of words to say, oh, thanks for writing this, mm. or really enjoy reading it. It's just, mm. it's, it's really nice to, to see all that. And, um, you know, that's kind of keeps me going a little bit as well. Yeah, we're the same. I mean, when we look at some of the countries that people listen in, and some people are on holiday and they'll send you yeah. a photo and you're thinking, arsehole. Um, <laughs> but generally it's like, great people are there, yeah. you know, it's on my work or it's my cute commute here, I live in Canada now or whatever and it, it's so kind of appreciated for it and that um, and obviously you've just done your your blog that come out this morning obviously when we were recording this and uh, I quite liked how you were opening up with the online hate that you've had yeah. to due to yeah. us yeah, well, I brought it on myself as well. To be fair, but uh, just like you know, just the fact that things like that, you know, there's yeah. no competing. It's two totally different things. But I, I mean, I laughed. 
Because I, I knew what was coming. I yeah. thought, we're about to get thrown under yeah. a bus here. <laughs> but I think there's, there's definitely a wee, a wee kind of community um, of supporters that take the time to, to make United content. And I think, again, growing up, I was always aware, acutely aware of the lack of coverage that we would ever get as a club. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to have a little community is, is great because mm-hmm. obviously most people now, well, you know, I used to love going to get the Sporting Post every Saturday, but, you know, that's never coming back. So most people now will log on immediately and if there's an article they can read or a podcast they can listen to or even just some images they can look at, it just makes their whole experience a little bit better. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the more, the more the merrier kind of thing. And I suppose on, on that note, like I, I'm like the guy that contacted me a couple of weeks ago about the United photographs. Um, I'm genuinely very excited about all the stuff that he's sending me. You know, if anybody ever wanted to write something about United, I'm more than happy to, you know, like host it on my blog. If they've not got a platform to do it or they've not got their own, you know, domain or whatever, if somebody writes about their favourite of our memories, then, you know, I'm more than happy to, mm. to, to, to do that. Um, and, and yeah, as I said, the more, the, the more the merrier because mm-hmm. I just love reading about my club and Same listening here. to stuff yeah. about my Same club. Same here. Yeah. Like there could be 10. I would probably read yeah. all 10. Yeah. There could be five podcasts. I'd probably yeah. find a way to listen to all five podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's, it's getting that. And it shows, it probably shows how much we care as well. You know, it's a lot. Of, I mean, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of time put into this, but there's wee bits put in, you know, you just want to put it out. You know, if you, you were half arsed, we wouldn't be sat here on a yeah. Sunday recording this. You you wouldn't do it. You mm. just wouldn't do it, regardless. You know, Paul's apparently dragged himself out of sick bed the day to be here, <laughs> yeah. you know. So that's what you get me eat four chili cheese hot dogs. Correct. Self inflicted. <laughs> Self harming. You know, um and that and that's what it is. I just I quite like it. Don't get me wrong, there's gonna be a game. It's not gonna go well. And your blog's not gonna be a nice yeah. right. This is not going to be a nice recording, but yeah. you know we can't. We can't. I've got to take the rough for the smooth. Like. Well, I, I, yeah. I kind of hope I've I've gone through the, the worst of it because well, obviously uh, you know the yeah. like the five one Ross County game, which I think somebody said was this weekend last year, possibly <laughs> somebody had mentioned, but like the blog post after that, or <laughs> you know I did a big long one about when Mike Martin took over and then when he left, and so that you know I've had to write some hard hard things, but yeah. I've always tried to stay reasonably balanced as well because you know. The, People are reading that, and you, I didn't really want to go all guns a blazing every time I went and did a blog post. But no, it's got to be balanced. Yeah, well, hopefully it's 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 re- reasonably positive now moving forward, and and that positivity, as we've touched on, gives people the, the breathing space to maybe be a bit more confident in creating stuff and putting themselves out there, which mm. is which is great. I think. No, it's been great. It's it's great to read every every week as well. And let's say having you on's been a, it's been good. It's it's good. It's always good to hear. You know, it's always good to, hear. and that's why we like having people on. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, there's only so long you can look at Paul straight dead in the eye and true. feign interest. <laughs> um, you bought me a pint yesterday in Heggy though, so it's all right. And they uh, bought you the pint. Oh, so he did. I'm not buying you a pint <laughs> again. <laughs> it's true. That's true. Do you know he was looking? Um, and I will tell everyone this. Uh, he sent me a photo this week. Paul sent me a photo this week and said, I can't believe you're wearing a blue shirt. And I was like, it's work. It's just the way it is. I says, what for? He says, I'm just trying to get dirt on you after you outed me in my love <laughs> affair of uh, Ian Hart. He used other words, but they're, they're the nice words that I can use. And I was like, but that's the community we're in. Exactly. People demand to know the love <laughs> yes. of Ian Hart. <laughs> that's a fair point. Right, let's move on. So, a um, couple of bits that have uh, come out. Oh, so let's do the loan report first, because Paul's got that for us. 
Lone report well Declan Glass and Matty Smith uh, they both got some minutes up uh, at Cove yesterday they won 3-0 against Annan Athletic Declan started the match and played 83 minutes and Matty started on the bench and came on in the 83rd minute uh, Alison Jones the the young lad that's, who we still believe is out on loan at Broughty Athletic although we, we cannot confirm that uh, but they were away to Glasgow Perthshire they won 2-1 but uh, we can't find anything nope. on any fixtures, any any team lines or anything like that. So I, I honestly don't know if Alison Jones was playing. Uh, the other loanee that we have, uh, Osman So, he played the full 90 minutes for Kelly and shock, horror, shake me to my cockles. He only went and missed a penalty. I am amazed. In their 0-0 draw with Ross County. So even doing an Ayrshire, he kind of hit the back of the net for 12 yards. (laughs) Not surprised in the slightest. Um, Academy, there's been news on the Academy this week as well. I was speaking to Andy Goldie yesterday. um, And I think it was six, I think it was probably when the sixth goal went, it was five nil or whatever. And I, I, I said to Andy, I says, oh, by the way, I says, is this the blueprint that you have to put into the academy? And he says, no, I gave Robbie hours. And I just thought it was a good, <laughs> good fun line. So Andy, Andy's a good lad. He, um, he does follow the podcast. I know he's a, he didn't say he's a massive fan, but I got that vibe from him. <laughs> but I think he, he did a radio thing. Maybe he's done everything but the Dude Fox podcast, yeah. but just so he's aware, mm. you, you know, yeah. we are here. Yes. Um, but no, he's, he, he's a nice lad, but the academy of, yeah, well, they're going to be moving the Academy boys into the new Regional Performance Centre uh, down at Caird Park. Uh, they've taken over the lease for Tuesday and Thursday evenings there because it's all part of this gaining the the elite level criteria. You've got to have yes. an indoor facility. Uh, I mean, you could we could speak about that elite level criteria another time, but there's certain hoops that need to be jumped through. The reason we'll speak about it another time is because we know nothing about it. Exactly, so, uh, exactly. Keep going. Yeah, but it'll be a great resource for the young, the young up and coming future players, and they can hone their skills at any time. Doesn't matter about the weather outside. Mm. There's no scooping snow off of pitches when you're indoor. Nope. So fingers crossed that'll be a positive. Uh, and I, th- I think in the article that the club put out as well on the website regarding this, they were saying that they're still looking into the the redevelopment or the possible redevelopment of the GA arena. So mm. I'm not sure what they've got up their sleeve for that. No, it's possibly a, a roof. Maybe. Who knows? Turn it Who knows? I've, I don't have a clue about any of that. But Me that neither. Would be, it, it, again, it's something that you want to have your own facility. Yeah. But there's a massive facility up there. I know. For for the council, Sports Scotland, and all that. Mm-hmm. Why Why wouldn't you? Even the camp, not saying the first team because of what we've got across the high performance centre. But mm-hmm. if the academy used the GA, then why would you not try and use a facility like that? It's massive. I know. It's one of I the know. best of gear. Yeah, it must, not? Be, it must be state of the art. It will be. Of course yeah. it will. Uh, Jim McLean statue fund the revised total on that is £62,000 now yes you I, went to see the maquette yes we saw it last week did you it's in the reception actually uh, at Tanadice just now so you probably walked past it a couple of times yesterday and never mm. even noticed it you know why because I was too busy looking at Reedy and speaking to Reedy remember yes no, that's the only that's yeah. it's I, just at the bottom of the stairs oh is it uh, but yeah, the the steering group they put out they never put out an exact figure this week, but they said that they reckon that they've got over fifty grand raised mm, uh, up to now. And yeah, the revised figure has come down to sixty two from I think it was seventy grand, something like that. Yeah, yeah so it's uh, we're getting there, getting step there by step. Yeah, it's, it's taking a while, but yeah, we're getting but it's there. getting closer. It's getting and 
final one for just now. There's a race night coming up that I'm imagining you're going to ball. No, uh, I'm not going to that. So you'd be wrong there, Ron. Oh. But it's uh, it's the business club that are organising this, and it's uh, this coming Saturday, the 5th of October, uh, and all proceeds will be towards the youth development. It's a fiver a ticket, and if you're interested in going along, you can get in touch with them on their Facebook page or through their Twitter page, which they I think they just created last week, which is at D-U-B-C 04963202. They probably could have picked a better Twitter handle, but that is where you will find them, and it's for a great cause. It is for a great cause as well. I love a race night. A race nights are great. I do love a race yeah. night. Like. You usually lose a lot of money. But they are great for the, be- the best part of a race night or a quiz night or anything like that is when they uh, they get a normal bottle of vodka or something and you play pitchy for that. 20p's. And you sit... Or pounds. 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 If you're raising money, it's got to be pounds. Where were you raised? In the schemes? Back in the day, it would have been 20s and 10s and 50s. <laughs> but, you know, a race night's charity. You've got to go pounds in. Um, and you play for that. And I'm no joke. And on more than one occasion, I've spent more than the £12 a bottle probably cost and just, trying just to win to get it, the bottle. and I've never won it. Yeah, good twenty quid, well spent. Keep trying, though. Keep yeah, trying. drink responsibly, though. That's what we're trying to say. Yeah. Uh, the women's team play League Leaders Hearts. That is today, so this doesn't really matter when we tell you. But they're on action at four o'clock. Check their uh, Facebook, and Twitter for the score on that one. We think they are. Um, they should be fine for staying up. I think they'll, they'll definitely be fine for yeah. staying in the league this year. Uh, and yeah, it'll be a tough game today because the. They got beat 4-0 last week from Kilmarnock Ladies Hearts, as we just mentioned, they're top of the league going for the title, so probably be a struggle today. Yeah, um, one thing I do want to mention, and you, you maybe don't get it to this level, but we sometimes get odd requests on the Dode Fox podcast. I meant to mention this uh, last week, but I totally forgot. So Stephen Robb got in touch with us last week, not that one, um, and he said, I've got a random request here. Um, he says we have a game of fives each Wednesday night and uh, you know 10 lads numbers off you go he says been trying to find different ways of selecting sides and thought the Dode Fox guys could select the two starting five sides uh, based on no knowledge hee-haw knowledge uh, if you're up for it here's your 10 so we've got the names Steve, Adam, Greg, Wilkie, Scott, Mikey, Ross, Ewan, Brian and Johnny creative team names and courage loving the podcast always a great listener to laugh um and that was fine. So we were like, oh, no worries. So I said to Paul and said, on you go. So we sent it back and this is what we come up with. Uh, we had the nipple twisters and that was uh, Adam, Wilkie, Mikey, Ross and Johnny. And we had the ankle tappers, which were Steve, Greg, Scott, you and Brian. Um, thanks for the kind words we sent. And we'll let you in. And uh, Steve come back and said, cheers, boys. Let you know who ends up just like the D in their bed. So we got the full match report. He sent us a full match report. <laughs> so I'll quickly read this. In an end-to-end game, the ankle tappers were scored on more than James McPake at Tanadice. The nipple twisters truly turned up the heat and produced a scoreline more at home in the oval than at the hallowed, worn-out carpet of soccer world. After a promising start, the ankle boys tapped out 10 after the first 20 minutes, uh, with the opposition goals coming not so much in a uh, deluge, but a flood of goals. Some lovely touches from both sides were of the famed uh, Soccer World webcam, though this form of VAR frequently disputes the mental image of a group of mostly 40-plus guys, age-wise, half of themselves. I think they were eight in it at the end, and given that we normally have near things, often draws one teammate suggested that I tell the Dode Fox boys they couldn't have picked their nose. 
Great fun, guys. Thanks for the teams. Gave a bit of extra bite tonight. So that was the week past last, but I just thought I'd mention it because it was quite uh, quite amusing. But needless to say, they've no been back on for us to <laughs> yeah, pick the teams. Uh, so that was that. And um, we're on, on this day. Jeez. We're coming round on this day. Okay. Uh, so we have some games, uh, a signing, and some birthdays. So we'll start with 2017. Uh, we headed to East End Park, Fraser 5 double, either side of a Scott McDonald goal, got us the 3-1 win. We went back into second in the league. Yes, that's a bad thing to then. Uh, it was a tremendous uh, win over league leaders Dunfermline. Uh, in 1995, funny you mentioned this, not only was it your first game, but the derby, and it was Billy McKinley's final match. Uh, Almost as if it was planned. Exactly. Um he signed off in style though hat trick he made 14 appearances for Scotland during his time at Tannadice his last two as a first division player Lauren Shantland could be the next uh, making him one of only three players from that division to play at full international level for Scotland since 1975 that is two absolute stonewall dude fox facts I've just given you there it's fantastic absolute stonewaller until somebody proves me wrong then there's been somebody since uh, apparently he turned down Celtic and then signed for Blackburn Rovers for 1.75 million what a player he was brilliant what a player yeah he was brilliant and what a way to sign off three in a derby I know but Kirk, Kirk would after the game said that he's not going anywhere and that was the last time he played for a while you you're talking Kirk. about Billy <laughs> he called Kirkwood out for that as well uh, final match we'll mention is the second leg from two weeks ago Monaco were at Tanadice uh, for the second leg they needed four goals to give them any chance of going through Prince Rainey and Princess Grace were in attendance uh, but United failed up to live to their uh, high standards but they did go through despite a 2-1 defeat on the night who got us the goal you look at me like I was there, Ron. That's kind of your time. Mm, it would have been a, it would have been a nursery night or a scale night, though. So uh, I wouldn't have do been you know there. David Dodds or Ralphie Millen. Ralph Millen got Ralphie the goal. Millen. Yeah, Ralph Millen right. got the goal. We're two 0 down. He scored a few minutes to go. Uh, so that was that signings. One signing to tell you about. Cue the tumbleweed from both of you. <laughs> In two thousand. Alex Smith signed Carlos Marcora. I remember the name. No. Silence doesn't work in podcasts, no, but I it probably tells name. you exactly what we're dealing with. Was oh, it Alex Smith that signed all the Peruvians and all that? Oh, as well? yeah. 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 Gustavo Fuentes. Yeah. I only say it like that because it's cool. Well, I think <laughs> it's cool. So cool. Um, he came on as a sub. This is Carlos and a 4 0 humping from Hearts. And was released shortly after. Fantastic. What an <laughs> impact, eh? Utter garbage. Utter garbage. <laughs> I wish they'd resign him for about three million or something. No, I think he was a free, I think. Good. I think, but Alex Smith Jeez went up. through a real phase of... Yeah, but was yeah. that... McLean was the chairman. Was he not just rounding up people on a Possibly. foreign jaunt? But Alex Smith was his mate. Yeah. That's why he appointed him. Yeah. But he, a, done, he signed Mavondo Antangana yeah. as well. There was a, a lot of bad signings back then. Yeah. <laughs> bad? Yeah, I didn't want to swear. Bad? <laughs> there was some poor, poor errors of judgment. Yeah, not not good at all. Not good at all. No, he, he was He's the one player that we signed on this day, and I'm so glad that there wasn't anyone else worthy that I could have added to that list, but he wasn't very good. Jeez. Um, we'll finish with some birthdays. 
two low knees mm-hmm. on our birthdays, right? Two different kind of times. The first one made two appearances for us under Laszlo. He's now a regular playing in League Two in England. Mason. Brandon Mason. He's getting a game. Andy of Falkirk, aren't they? I was, yeah. Horrendous. What was that about? Played him right back. Yeah, but the whole team that day. Jeez. What is it with us in Falkirk Stadium? I don't care. (laughs) It's it's the stadium where every manager goes and thinks, I'm going to change it up here and just play people in loads of random positions and we'll be fine. And And we'll get pumped. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely fine. That was terrible. Uh, So Brandon Mason is 22 today. Uh, and playing, like you said. Yeah, fairly uh, regular. Fairly regular for Coventry City, which mm. is a... From when I saw him that day, like a, you know... He would have been a young guy, though. He right? was, and, and that's he was probably I mean. just up the road mm-hmm. from Watford to we, I don't think, yeah. Mm. Probably just up the road that morning, yeah. <laughs> the way that, was, that the team was run back then. Uh, the other one is 20 years old today, playing in England's fifth tier, I guess is. Fifth tier. Only 20 as well. Fifth year. How many games for us? For us, uh, I don't have that stat in front of me, but he played a, he played probably 10, 12, maybe even 15 games coming in a January. Seaman. Charlie Seaman. Charlie Seaman. Yeah. Played for Eastleigh. Eastleigh. Uh, the, uh, he, he was, he was all right. I thought his best game for us was, uh, St. Nurn in the Cup. St. Nurn away. Yeah. Last year he was outstanding that day. Yeah, that was a real bright spot. Though. That game was yeah. kind of stood out. Yeah, he did. Being and then uh, in, in the cup again against Inverness when he kind of switched off right in the last minute and yeah. they snuck that mushy crawler over a winner. I, f- I feel for guys like that because the, the, some of these English clubs, I mean, like Harry Lewis, you know, going back down to Southampton and they've got about 40 goalkeepers on their books. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I feel for them. With Mason, you know, getting released probably was the best thing that happened to him so he could go to Coventry and... and Try and build up. Um, mm. You just some of these players just never get never get heard of again. The, the thing with Charlie Seaman as well, he wasn't he wasn't the he, he, he's the right back of English football. They don't defend yeah. that much, you know. I think, or they're defending, their attacking's better than defending. And I think the biggest example of this is Trent Alexander Arnold at Liverpool. Yeah. You know, it's it's first and foremost. It's not just English football. Though. I mean, that's. No, I suppose Danny Alves. You know, he was yeah. he's very similar. He's not the best defender, but. Christ, what an engine he had mm. on him and he could just run all day and go yeah. and do nothing. I like how we've just said Danny Alves and uh, Charlie Seaman in the same sentence. Well, that was his hero. Um, That's what I'd done there. But, yeah, and I think he, that come in, but when when he come in, you thought it might be something, Robbie mm. Nielsen's right back and I think it was a position we needed at the time. But to go and see him playing like the fifth tier of yeah, English yeah. football, you think, jeez. But I just think, I mean, I, I like defenders. I'm one of these weird guys that just growing up that was always I loved watching again like through football I tell you like Barisi and Maldini and all oh. that so like see when you see defenders who can defend either at ease and like they're in control Siggy Johnson for example or somebody like Eric Pedersen who's so aggressive but controlled with it and can do a bit of everything like mm-hmm. Christian Calvinez and guys like that um, when you see fullbacks now who can't defend I think that's the thing that Liam Smith has a bit of he's, at least he's got a good balance seems to be able to defend plus go forward and uh, we've missed that badly you know we've missed that really badly and I think Jamie Robson's developing a bit more of that now Yeah, I think it's shown yesterday when he was out Mm. you know a year ago no you wouldn't have been like oh Jamie Robson's out but I think absolutely and we've said it recently absolute credit to him got his head down but defends as well 
you know, knows how to defend. Yeah, isn't scared to defend either. Isn't scared to put a tackle in, which I think some some of the uh, the new school can mm-hmm. probably be a little bit scared yeah. to get, do the dirty work as well. You know what I mean? So uh, that was our two underwhelming uh, birthdays on, on this day. It was Siggy's birthday on Friday. It was uh, indeed. Which is, I never sent him a card, but um, he was he was amazing. Like he was uh, like Eric Pedersen was my first kind of hero because I think again the, the, the game that we beat Rangers one 0 at Tanadice. I think a lot of people will still say that's kind of single handedly the best defensive display almost ever up against one of the best players in the world at the time, Brian Loudrop. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first time I saw, I saw Siggy Johnson, I thought, you know, he looked about 20 foot tall, just didn't break a sweat, just yeah. kind of strolled about the park. Like he was unbelievable. Yeah. When we had, uh, when we had John on, was he not United around about the time Siggy was there? Yep. He was like, yeah, Siggy was silk. Yeah. Absolutely smooth. He just strolled through games. And I was reading a wee bit just for coming on here a wee bit, just kind of reminding myself of his journey and obviously Graham Souness basically broke his back um, and that kind of ruined him because he was being talked up as I think Iceland's greatest ever player and linked with the big teams in Italy who were willing to spend a fortune on him and then he kind of retired almost and then came out of retirement and you know we were lucky to have him he was he was not fit often enough for us but uh just, you know, again, as a as an impressionable young teenager, seeing mm-hmm. somebody in the flesh like that, I just thought, you're controlling this game. Every time you play, it's like everyone's invited to play in your game. <laughs> yeah. And you're totally in charge. Yeah, played 51 appearances. Yeah. And then Andy McLaren, when he was doing the Simon Ferry interview, tells him, tells him the big famous story about him getting found in the ferry or, you know, um, them ditching him on a night out and then <laughs> Jim McLean having to come and get him at, in his pyjamas from <laughs> the jail cell. Um, and then I was at the Hearts game, I think, a week or a couple of weeks later, and that was the Siggy is innocent chance. He was warming up <laughs> on the touchline. Uh, yeah, no, he, he was um, he was a good player. And like, see, he was in my good bunch there, Zetterland also, yeah. on all that as well. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that's just where the... Uh, the blog come from and the the kind of name all that yeah I mean I I didn't set out to be anonymous I just when I started the blog I thought well I'd rather stay anonymous just because if it goes nowhere you know at least my name's not out there Uh, and then it just went on and on and on Uh, the perennial underachievers thing as well a couple of United fans have contacted me and said oh it's a bit unfair on United we've always punched over weight and I'm like well it was just a football phrase that I quite liked Mm. and I needed a title for my blog when it wasn't a United Mm. blog and then um, no one's ever really asked since, like, who I am, uh, apart from the couple of folk that thought I was, I was Siggy <laughs> himself. Uh, I think a few years ago, I've got one signed top of his, like my pal and his dad, their business sponsored him one year. So I've got that E-Crew top, I think, with, a, mm-hmm. with his signature Jeez. on it. Uh, and then I think a few years ago for my 30th, my dad tried to contact him on Facebook and I think he responded and I think my dad was kind of like have you got any gear from your team that you're coaching in Iceland or any old United gear but and then he just rubbered my dad after that <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I don't you know have any ill towards him but uh, but your dad does my dad probably <laughs> does yeah so fair days Mr yeah. Nutsick <laughs> yeah yeah no I think it's that I mean for for, for everything you know to we see players like that you know it was that dying art of uh, being the right place at the right time and just yeah. everything about him, you know, just held himself up. It makes it look like, easy. Yeah. I think, oh, he, I think with the defending, you know, big famous defenders always say if you're charging about making sleeping challenges, you're not actually defending yeah. properly. Yeah. Um, looks, looks great at the time, yeah, but then. Yeah. And yeah. we love seeing it, but like 
he didn't ever have to do that and he didn't have to sprint. I think I remember reading something out in Esther's book and he was like, see if you're having a sprint, you're not actually playing the game properly because yeah. you should just be there mm-hmm. um, and then know where to be next. And Siggy Johnson never seemed to sprint or dive into challenges. Or sweat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, as handsome, you know, as he stepped off the park as he was when he first stepped on it. Not a hair out of place. It's yeah. the same as, um, I'm not sure who said it, maybe Maldini or something. If you have to make a tackle... You're already, yeah. you, you've made a mistake. Yeah. You know, which is crazy because uh, some, we're, some so mindset. Used, we're so used in Scotland to tackle, yeah. Yeah, tackle, which I love a good tackle. Like yeah. it's, it's one of the best. It's we bit obviously gone the game yeah. now, but you know, some of the. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Please yeah. bring it back. Yeah. Bring it back. No cards for a five <laughs> minute period. Yeah. Just see what can we'll happen. Have a purge between yeah. the 40th yeah. and see, the 45th minute. But that, like that night against Brian Loudrup, Eric Pedersen was so. Touch tight to him. Yeah. He didn't have to, you know, pull him down and go into these wild challenges. So it's. Pedersen done that against the Canio as well. Yeah. Uh, for Celtic. Ah, he was, he was one of the, the best man marking defenders that I've ever yeah. seen at Tanadice. I always remember him in the pony strip, the Tele West Broadband yeah. or whatever yeah. it was back in the day. Jeez. Getting the, getting the crowd hyped up. But again, as a young guy, and I think that's why I've always kind of liked players like that. Like Safranco, I think the thing that people appreciated about him is that when he scored, he was kind of, it was that Pedersen yeah. type reaction. And it, it looked like it mattered to him yeah, as much as it yeah. mattered to and us. And I think fans, especially younger fans, really appreciate that. So when Pedersen came out and did his wee cheerleading thing, I think, you know, again, I was, you know, young enough to kind of be taken in by all that and think, oh, this is great. This guy yeah. supports United. And obviously it ends up, he did kind of, you know, mm-hmm. got a big tattoo and all that. But, um, I think we haven't had a guy like that up until we had Sofranco last year. So it kind of felt like that was coming back a little bit. And actually now it feels like the whole, kind of squad are kind of buying into that I, I think a lot of the squad kind of carry themselves as though they, they do actually kind of care about the club and yeah. a lot of them are quite settled in the area now and they speak about the club really positively so it's it's, it's great to have that back mm. I think and, and that's something that the club have done in the last year and you know fair you know a huge credit for like Tony Asgard and all that for bringing that back I think um, there's, there's that sense of purpose and unity yeah. again which is great it's wonderful one final thing then, Aloha. Aloha away. Friday night. Well, I was on the phone last night to my old buddy, Adam, and uh, he, I told him I was going through Aloha next Friday and he was like, it's no easy place to go there, Paul. I was like, look, Mr. Barton, what are you talking about? We are a different team this year. We are a different breed. Uh, but uh, apparently they've whitened their pitch yeah, uh, this season, which uh, it shouldn't hinder us. That's no. for sure. Uh, it must, I would imagine it'll hinder Alawa, but um, I don't think they've won a home game. I think they've lost every, every home league game that they've played so far this mm. season. Uh, and I got accused, or we got accused on Twitter last week of jinxing it because I said Morton hadn't won any away games. Yeah. Well, that, that stat is still standing <laughs> the test of time. So hopefully Alawa continue there for them. Mm. And it would be, it would be foolish to think that we're going to do anything other than other than win that game on Friday, I would think, just on the back of a 6 nothing yeah. victory at I home. Think, I think for a wee games, it's just a victory will do. I think at, oh, home, yeah. the, the, at home there is that kind of put on a show, but away mm. from home, any any victory will any. do. Any. A scrappy 1-0, I'll yeah. take it right now. Although I was watching the view from the terrace on Friday night, and I'm delighted that's back because it is great entertainment, but they were saying that I think Peter Grant did an interview where he said that he wants his Alawa team, when they're on the ball, to play like Barcelona, and when they're off the ball, to play like Atletico Madrid. 
So we might be in for a real fight <laughs> on Friday. I might get pumped. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, I don't realise they said that. Yeah. Jesus Jeez. Christ. He's overly ambitious, yeah. I would suggest. Uh, a reminder, if you are going down, it's a 7.05 kickoff mm. for uh, BBC Scotland for that shitey news programme that no one watches. But anyway, um, time setting off. I've took the whole day off work to make You've sure. You've got more days holiday than any man I know. Yeah. I'm almost on a par with the Queen. For Seriously? Days off. Yeah, for days Seriously? off. Seriously? Well, it's it's pie on a roll territory down at Alloa, so I want to get there early. <laughs> I want to make sure I so, get a, so get we a can couple. Up, so we can update the away. Yes. Away. <laughs> I'm basically working for this podcast. The away grind food league table. There's not any expenses, though. Um, <laughs> as long as I can get away from work, sharp, I shall be there. Yeah. Well, you're talking from Dundee, certainly. It's an hour and ten uh, minutes to get to Alloa. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to factor in your wee... Direct back for our bro. You want to Smokeyville, which last week would have made Monday morning and my work hellish. Uh, but that was good. I went in with a rather big smile on my face. Quite right. As Quite I will right. on uh, on Monday as well. Just hello. <laughs> yeah. I had to tell a couple of guys, and I don't do this often, um, but a couple of the Dundee guys that I know, and I don't, we don't obviously usually mention them, but they were, they were at me last night in work just for a bit of banter. And all I could repeat was mind the gap. And I'm, I've never lowered myself to that, but I just, any time he spoke to me, I said, mind the gap, mind the gap. And I just, jovial, I think is what I was. So they're ex-mates know. now, are they? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, it was good fun. Um, but no, I, I fully expect we should go down there and kind of similar, you know, if we get the win, but certainly, you know, I'm not against you win and you win at home and you at least get a draw away from home, I think is the minimum. But we should, again, we've, we've, Last gasp winners against Ardbroath. We are total control yesterday for 89 minutes, mm-hmm. apart from tiny spells, like minute spells. I expect Friday we need to come out and start the game as well as we can. Yeah. yeah. And there's a big slope there. So again, if we could maybe shoot down the slope first half and um, rattle them. I don't think they're as organised as Ardbroath. I think they're kind of in between Morton and Ardbroath in terms of they will come out a wee bit, um, I think. They're, they've lost a few players from last year, like Alight Zanata and stuff that you know that they had last year. But I think we can get at them. Air got at them and pummeled them. Yeah, you know, there's no reason why we, we no, can't I, do that. No, I wouldn't be accepting a draw. I'm looking for three points. Yes, yeah, so, oh, certainly. I mean, I, I meant that generally. Okay. But no, I would expect to, to go down there and, and, and win the game and, yeah. and start as start as quick as we but, can as yeah, we're, as and, we can. and we're edging towards the end of the first quarter and, and on course for a very impressive points tally mm. and I think you know everybody at the start of the season does their recalculations about and I think 18 to 20 points per quarter is yeah, kind of was, what has that won was the mentioned, league yeah, um, that was mentioned and you know hey we're kind of there pretty much so mm. you know we're, with games to go yeah yeah yeah, I mean, Alloa, they've only lost one in five, I think you said in the blog. It's the they've only won, yeah, one in, like one in the last five. Yeah, yeah so, so it just shows, you know, they're, they're going to be a stuffy team still. I think yeah. that's always been the same, but we've got to go do, down there and be uh, be positive. There is controversial news, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, this podcast will be on next week, but there's not a blog next week. No. Apparently holidays count now. Yeah, yeah. priorities. Well, my priority next Saturday is... Um, making sure that my toddler isn't the loudest toddler on the flight to New York. <laughs> so we're going on a big family 
holiday, but we'll be on a flight where there's loads of toddlers. So if there's 50 toddlers on the plane, as long as my wee one's the 49th loudest. um, But my wife is is so organised. We have had delivery after delivery this week of wee toys and Peppa Pig things that will keep them entertained. So that's my challenge next Saturday. So yeah, no blog next week. Um, but there might be a, a, another blog post of the kind of photographs of the mm. European trips. So. How was how was she? Just before we finish off, how was she with the whole? Just did she just let you get on with writing it now? Yeah, and? she's I, I'm you know she's perfect with me. She's she's a big football fan. Well, she was when she met me, and then she she kind of admitted a couple of years ago that my obsession with football has kind of killed her <laughs> love of football. Because uh, I'll just watch any football that's on the telly and. She's a Hamilton Aki's fan, so she doesn't really like football. <laughs> uh, no, uh, anti football. I'm not yeah. sure they keep like four passes together. <laughs> um, at the moment, things are, are really good because Strictly's back on, so I'll go home on a Saturday ah, after good, the football good. and use that time to just kind of do my wee blog thing. But with a wee one getting us up at half five, six every morning, uh, I've got plenty of time to do it. So it doesn't. Mm. I almost have more time to do it than I did before we had the wee one, just because you spend an awful lot more time just in the house. Mm-hmm. So you know, half an hour here and there, and you start putting the stuff together. But she's she's great with it, and. Um, yeah, as I said, she she does. She's a football fan, so um, we're hoping that, that he'll grow up in a house full of football and with a United strip on. Yeah, well, he's got he's got them all so far, and he's got all these other ones as well. I, I was one of these excited dads when we found out we were having a baby. So he's Scotland kits and Germany kits and United kits, and so um, so no, he's all he's all good to go. I think magic. Yeah, yeah. no, it's awesome man, for stuff like that. You know, when you they grow up just as long as they end up watching the right team, and yeah, or you hit a put them on eBay you just hit it pretty much yeah, there's not any other way for that I'll, I'll do what Paul Riley said you support who you like but I'd go to see United <laughs> I, mean, that's, I mean there's blackmail and there's blackmail yeah. but it's, yeah. it's just that's who I go to see I mean you're not going to go and see your team which yeah. I think is, is totally it's fair totally fair enough you I'm, know I'm very just aware like I didn't go until I was about 12 so I'm very well, I don't know how you kind of found it early doors because we, we used to have a family sitting in front of us where we sit it's a and, nightmare like nightmare. <laughs> honestly it's a nightmare I mean, ruins it for you you're the nightmare I'm the nightmare I'm like Leo can I go just get yeah. a pie cheers thank you but every game they would bring out a backpack full of yeah. just gear you to, had kind to of keep them entertained any distraction and, techniques yeah. because they're like I, I would take Leo to the games when he was two uh, and it, I took him to Tanadice, I took him to away games, I took him to the new camp, yeah. see Barcelona, no interest <laughs> at all. Just wanted to play on this. He, he turned his back at the new camp. He was sitting on his, or he was on his knees playing with a fire engine on the chair. And I'm looking at like Neymar, Messi, and he's no, he's just no caring. <laughs> so it's only the last couple of years that he's got in it and he's 10 now. So maybe about the age of eight. Yeah. But that was a lot of brainwashing for me. A lot of brainwashing. Surely. Surely he stops you coming in the heggy because he stops me every week. He's not even got a security pass on sometimes. Hi. You know what yeah. I mean? No, it's... Uh, he was at yesterday. You're not coming in. But that's it. A badge. It's a big thing for, for the Loves wee man it. now, though. Yeah. He, he likes being a part. He likes the banter that he has. Yeah. I'm not even aware of with the security people. They're great with him. And then he loves he loves when he's mascot. Christ, but don't they all... Uh, and then just watching the game, he's always engaged in it now. But I think that we we support a club that still have that, and and I'm just delighted that we support a club that still have that. We're at mm-hmm. the size where we're a reasonably sized club, but we've still got that. If you're part of that community of fans, you get known. You can go and chat to anybody, um, and it's great. And you spoke about the community trust last week, and I'm a huge advocate of them and all the work that they do in schools because I work in education myself, and um. I just think we live in a city where there's teams where 
you know, your, your wee one can meet all of his heroes every single week. Whereas yeah. if, if it was Chelsea or a, a big, huge team, yeah, it's deep, not happening. Yeah, you mean Leo can meet his heroes or Paul? Because I've witnessed well, that. Yeah, probably a, a bit of both. I've seen that. Yeah, a bit of both. Oh. Anyway, um, I'm assuming your aims are the exact same as ours over the next few months come May. Um, there'll be dips, I think. I think it'll be yeah. a slightly roller coaster. But like you say, once we get through this first quarter, and I think where we are in January as well, yeah, is, is massive. Yeah, we, we've never had a cushion. We've always been chasing. And I'd, I would love to get to November, December and have a few injuries. Not love to have a few injuries, but if we did have a few injuries, go, well, actually, we're kind of five points, six points clear. Or maybe Ross Graham does deserve a game at centre-half because mm. the other centre-halves are injured. You know, when, when Jammers came on yesterday, I thought, Good. He's getting a good amount of time. I want to be in a position where we're talking up all these young players. I want them to be able to come on in games where there's no pressure on them and that we can relax and enjoy that. So yeah, hopefully come May, even, even the tricky spells, we've got enough in the bank. You look at our goal difference now. Great. Uh, it's never been like that before. We've always been chasing. So hopefully now we can build that and we can, uh, I don't want to say that any team's going to drop away because you never know. But as long as we are doing what we can do, and then when the tough months come, we're still chipping away. Mm. Um, and and fans have that perspective as well that mm. we're we're still chipping away. Yeah, I mean that's Logan Chalmers didn't even get around to mention him, but credit on his goal yesterday, scoring with his nose as he told said in the yeah, interviews. But he, but he was in the right position. And another academy graduate's come in. Yeah. You know, it's and um, yeah, I'm gutting. I forgot about to mention it, but again, just. Shows getting the 10, 15 minutes here and there, eager to impress. And I think it'll be a good thing. Somebody me- mentioned it, I think to me, I don't know if they tagged you in it um, as well, but if you look at the fifth goal. Yeah, he was busting a gut to get in yeah, there. Yeah, he was heavily involved, that. involved yeah. in that as well. So, you know, it's good to have them in, in, involved mm-hmm. in these moments rather than, and again, even last week must have given them huge confidence being part of like a comeback like that. Um, and you never know how young players are going to develop. All it'll take is a few games like that and all of a sudden they found this new confidence mm-hmm. and, I mean even you look at Jamie Robson his progression has been so odd because it was kind of good and then bad and then nearly away and then great and it can take time but mm-hmm. as long as they're coming on in games where they can express themselves and do well then that's that's what I want my team to be in that position to, to blood these youngsters yeah there's obviously high hopes for uh, for Logan as well because yeah. we just gave him a, a three year deal and uh, I think he's a couple of years younger than Robson yeah. too so yeah, we could. I think we'll be seeing a wee bit more of him in the next few seasons. Yeah, it just shows, you know, over a hundred games now for Jamie Robson, so should be kind of the the aim for a lot of the other younger ones to yeah. to follow. And yeah. I think you touched on it a few weeks ago when you look at um, Louis. Young players should be looking at him as well and going, right, well, you were nearly binned. Yeah. Then you went on loan. You've come back. You've bulked up. You've got more aggressive. You've got your confidence. So guys like Logan Chalmers should be looking at him and going, I want, I want a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Cause all of a sudden fans are getting like his name on the back of their tops and, you know, chatting about him in the pubs. And, uh, you know, a young player, you should want that. You shouldn't want to rest and go, oh, I'll wait for my chance. No. Um, no, it's a, it's a good time. Let's keep it going as as it's been. Uh, Stuart, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for Thanks uh, coming in and helping episode 14 ride on the coattails of a 6-0 victory Cracking. against Morton. We head for Aloha on Friday night, 7.05 kick-off. Uh, if you can get there early enough, you might just beat Paul in the queue for whatever they're dishing up. No chance. <laughs> 
As always, we are at Dode Fox Podcast on all the social media. If you've got any uh, comments or anything, do, do add them in and make sure you tag uh, not Siggy Johnson in there as well. Your Twitter handle is? Uh, at Perennial Under. There you go. And the blog is out. If you haven't already read it, we will, of course, uh, retweet it as well. And we'll be back with episode 15 after our trip to uh, Aloha on the Friday Night Football. Once again, thank you very much uh, for listening and being part of the show. And once again, our thanks to Stuart for giving up a, a bit of time to tell us about his United journey and get involved in the chat on the back of uh, a resounding best home performance in a long, long time. Am I right in saying that? Am I getting ahead of myself yeah, no. just before we finish things off? I would say it was. Yeah, most satisfying, definitely. There we go. With that, that is it. Thank you very much. And we'll be back next week. Podcast.